Welcome to Texas Businesses on the Rise. I'm Tatiana Chamorro, owner at Hype Digital Dallas and VP of Hype Creative. We interview business owners and their journey, dive into the do's, don'ts, and overall experience. We want to empower others by sharing experiences so we get raw and real on what it means to be a business owner. Stick around to the end of the podcast. We'll share great insights and reveal how you can be the next one interviewed. Let's do it. Welcome back to Texas Businesses on the Rise podcast. I'm your host, Genesis Amaris Kemp, and today we will be chatting with Hensley Elephant. She's going to tell us about her business, how she got started, as well as answer some burning questions I'm sure you're dying to know. So Hensley, welcome. Please tell the listeners as well as the viewers who you are and what you're about. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Hensley. I'm based here in Dallas, Texas. Um, I recently moved back from Orange County, uh, and I just started my business, our business, at the end of November. We work with boutique fitness studios in professionalizing their concepts um, in efforts to scale them. So really building uh, sales and marketing and hiring infrastructure and all the inner workings business-wise that you need as a business owner of a fitness studio so that you can focus on what you love, which is presumably fitness. Nice. And what led you to get into the industry you're in now? Oh, gosh, the industry as a whole. um, I don't want to say I I fell into it, but I was one of those rare people that always knew what I wanted to do. I didn't necessarily know in what vein, but I knew I I loved fitness. And I knew I kind of wanted to be more of the wizard behind the curtain instead of, you know, teaching someone how to work out. Um, and with more experience and exposure to what the best brands in the industry were doing and, you know, how we could project as to where they were going next and and being given that responsibility, um, I've been able to match a lot of that perspective and then the best perspectives of my team to formulate what we offer today. Nice. So would you say that it was your passion that really led you to your purpose or a little bit of both? Oh, it was 100% my passion. I mean, I am very forthright with the fact that I I didn't seek out to become an entrepreneur. Um, I didn't want to necessarily start a business. Part of my leaving, you know, corporate America was to work for myself and, and not have to run a team. And my team now knows that. And I think it makes us a more collaborative, you know, equal team where we see each other as partners instead of um, hierarchical. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, the truth is over COVID, you know, I looked at this landscape of business owners within the fitness industry who didn't necessarily have a franchise or and that's my background is fitness franchising um, to lean on for direction promotionally and strategically. And so I knew there was a need. I didn't know there would be necessarily a demand, um, but it's it's been crazy. There's certainly not just opportunity, but desire for um, fitness owners who are passionate about their business, but just don't know how to necessarily get over that plateau financially so that they can take more of a backseat and let their business run itself um, without having to be in the trenches as much as they are. Nice. And that's so cool because sometimes people, they don't know how to really 
operate in their passion. It's something fun to them, but then they don't really consider monetizing it because they're like, oh, then it becomes work. So I want you to talk about how you came up with the name of your business. It's interesting that you ask that because I was literally just reading a LinkedIn article as like right before we started. I didn't know I was going to start a business. So I didn't have a name for my business. I didn't have brand, like I just truly thought this was going to be a solo mission. So if I were to do it over again, would I choose something more overarching perhaps? Um, but it's just Hensley Elephard's Fitness Consulting. We've moved to just being HESB because we are now a team of six. Um, so it's it's certainly not just me wearing every single hat anymore, but no creative story there because I, I, I didn't necessarily have the, um, you know, foresight to see what, what this was going to become. And so it was, it was just my name. <laughs> but your name is also your brand because you are your brand and there's power in your name. So whenever you think about your current clients, as well as future clients to, um, to come, how do you attract and retain your clients? I think one thing that differentiates us, I, I hate to say competitors because there's no one out there that's doing exactly what we're doing in, you know, a 12 week program as intensive as we offer, um, where we're providing um, business owners the tools, whether it's, you know, manuals and scripts and templates in order to run their business, but then we're also working alongside them to develop a strategy with them. So it's less so, hey, here are a couple of tips and tricks, or here's what you should do, or here is the best practices from the industry. And it's more so, all right, here's the perspective of between across my team, you know, dozens of the largest fitness brands. Now let's look at it from your lens in your market, dealing with your concept, knowing what you want to do as a business owner, whether it's teaching, whether it's you know, licensing, whether it's taking a hands-off approach entirely. And then let's take, you know, that skeleton and meld it into something that breathes your brand and that you can stand behind proudly. Um, but again, gives you the ability to be autonomous um, and not have to depend on these quick wins for uh, financial success. I like that because then each each client that you have, it's specific to your client and it's not a one size fit all and it's not that cookie cutter platter because some people have that method in their business and it does not work for everyone and everyone is not successful. So you really have to know what your client's needs are and then own in on that so they could be successful. And while they're being successful, your business is thriving and flourishing. Yes. Another hard question here. So, well, kind of hard, but easy. So people see business owners as successful. They put you all on the pedestal and all this incredible stuff, but then they fail to realize that you all had a start ugly moment where you face obstacles and failures. Talk about a time when you went through either an obstacle or failure that helped you learn and over and over. No, sorry. That helped you learn and you overcame that success that you have today. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's probably a um, premature moment for me to, to offer anything like this, because again, I've only been in business for, you know, six months or a little over that. Uh, but like I mentioned, when I began this, I 
I anticipated wearing every hat. Um, and there was a moment, you know, 60 days in where fortunately, and I'm, I'm hyper grateful, but the demand was far exceeding my personal bandwidth. And so I had this moment where I really had to determine, am I going to focus on what I love, which is being in front of, of clients and helping them grow their business? Or am I going to scale this and focus on building and grooming and teaching and, um, you know, empowering a team around me that can act in my, I hate to say in my honor, but can act similarly to me so that we can create more impact. So was it, all right, do I want the work-life balance, which is who knows what that means, but that was part of what I sought out by, by working for myself, or did I want to meet the demand that was, was, you know, hitting me right in the face and, and focus on scaling. And so, um, these last six months, I mean, I, I have, it's been, it's been less actual doing of the work and more scaling a team and scaling a business and, you know, moving from an LLC to an S corp and getting a payroll and all of those things that I I just never wrapped my head around ever needing. Um, but I think it's it's having that very specific moment has required me um, to go all in 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 scaling this. And so there isn't a moment now where I, I don't crave more growth and I don't crave you know, teaching my team and continuing to empower my team. But there was a, certainly a moment there, you know, six weeks in where I was um, bridging this gap of, do I want this to be a solo mission or do I want this to take off and be a company? I could definitely see how that could have been, you know, very well your obstacle because there was learning curves that you learned out of that experience within that six month period because you had to make those choices and decipher, hey, I could be solo or I could build a team and go faster and further with a team of people who have various expertise and knowledge to bring to the table where everything is not on your plate and it's not all in your wheelhouse. So you're not being stretched too thin. So that's in theory giving you that work and home life balance if you choose to want that and tap into it in this season that you're in with your business, in my opinion. No, totally. And I think the the coolest part and as cliche as it sounds is I learn way much, way much more from my team than they learn from me. And it's it's the best moment when one of my team members is working with a client and the client now prefers to work with them than with me just because their expertise isn't the exact same as mine, but they're meeting them on that that level and they can resonate and relate to them perhaps better than I can because they're just in the trenches dealing with them consistently, whereas I just don't have that same bandwidth. So um, yeah, I, I can't say enough positive things. If anything, you know, my team puts me to shame and I feel like I'm in their shadows. Now, I know you've only been in business for only six months, so you've definitely had successes since you've been in business. So now that we covered the ugly start and the learning curves and the experiences, let's talk about one success story that just really kept you motivated and inspired to keep on going. Yeah, it's it's a really good question as well. Um, I think, you know, to my point earlier, um, I've been forced to take a 
more overarching um, approach and perspective to my business in order to to grow it. And so I have been less in the trenches um, with helping them, you know, learn how to sell and learn how to market and learn how to communicate with their members and um, optimize revenue and so on and so forth. And I've been leaning on my team for a lot of that. And there was one of our clients um, last month who texted me and she was crying and he said, we've met our membership goal. We've never done that before. And this is, I know this is a, a business owner who, you know, without, had she not pursued these 12 weeks and this was all her and her team. This was not, I mean, we taught her, you know, how to fish, but they did this, but had they not done that, I, I don't think that they would have had the revenue to offset all of their expenses and perhaps last last through these last few months. So it's moments like that that really demonstrate the impact that we're making. Um, and even though we're focusing on growing as, as quickly and as economically as we can, um, that's that's why we do that, right? It's, it's to save that business owner to give her the confidence and courage to keep doing what she's doing and know, she, know she's doing it right. That is amazing. And congratulations, because I'm sure it's like when you got that news, you're like, yes, like we did that. And like it just gave you that oomph to like just keep on killing it in the game, because some people when the going gets tough, they want to throw in the towel. And I'm like, no, you can't throw in the towel. You got to tap in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, it's I wish I could take credit for it, but it was 95% their studio team and, and my team coaching them. So it's, I think that's why it was as rewarding as it was to see, I didn't do this. It was what I built that did this. So what you, um, going and looking at what you built, like beyond the surface level, really deep diving, what tools and um, resources did you put in place to help jumpstart and ignite where your clients want to go? And how do you know if it's really working or if you need to tweak it whenever you begin working with that particular client? Yeah, um, I'll answer the last part first. We measure our own success by your profitability. So if it's not making you money, it's not working. Um, and we don't use any other barometer. If it feels like it could work for us, or if, you know, the numbers say it could work, ultimately, if we try it and it's not making you money, then we need to go back to the drawing board because it's not working for you. Um, and I think having a team with a boutique fitness sales background makes that very easily easy to recognize and recognize quickly when something's not working for one of our clients. Um, but we come to them with, I, I call it just like a skeleton or baseline idea of, hey, here are the guidelines in how you would reach out to a lead by text or phone call or email. Here is my how you might attract a lead initially. And then based on their concept, whether it's yoga or cycling or a hit concept, um, based on their price point, based on their membership base, then we're going to tweak what we say, the cadence, um, how we're following up with the lead, the um, like attitude and tone, and bring that through their manual, their email copy, all of that. So it really is like, I hate to say it, but um, it's everything served to you on a silver platter from social media templates to um, studio hiring strategy to sales training to you walk away with a full, you know, 150 page manual that's 
customized for your business. And, and ideally, you could hand off to someone and, and they know how to run it. Oh, nice. So nothing is hard because it's like, here's your guide. Here's what you need. Now go eat that steak, that caviar, mm-hmm. those lobsters and kill it. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, they're, they're bought in because they're, they're co-collaborating, right? They're creating it with us. So it's not like, right, here's, here's Hensley's way of running a business. It's here's dozens of perspectives. Um, and then here is it kind of iterated in a way that makes sense to you and that you're bought into and that you feel like you could track and measure. Um, and then from there, ideally, you know, they use it to either continue to grow their business or, open location to or walk away from their business and give it to someone and use it as, um, you know, almost a piece of capital in order to sell their business. So it's, it's a sound investment either way. We haven't had a single client who's walked away from us um, having lost money. So you guys are obviously doing something right in that space. So what would you tell someone, Hensley, that is planning to start a business based on the experiences that you learned? <laughs> I don't think there's a right way to do it. Um, I think I was naive in thinking that I was thinking that I knew I was naive. I was way more naive than I even thought I was. And um, I would say just having a good idea of, of what you want, what you want your role to be in the business. If you do want it to be you and you at the face of it. And I think that was one of those hard, um, I don't know, lines in the sand that I had to draw for myself is as we continue to scale, do I want this to be Hensley and Co? Or do I want this to be, you know, the best boutique fitness scaling company that we can create? And it's that, and it's my team. And so having an idea of what you want your role and where you want your face to be in the company early on, because that's going to dictate so much of how others perceive your brand and how you speak to your brand and um, your clients or consumers' expectations of your brand, um, especially if, if you're taking more of a backseat, like you can't be on every piece of marketing collateral because you're not going to be on every single call. I'm learning that the hard way. So um, I think that would be my piece of advice that comes to mind first. Thank you. Thank you for giving that information because it sounds like your tips are having that individual define the lines of where they want to be in their business, the direction they want their business to go in, and then know that they can't always be in everything at every time because it's not going to work that way. What Do you think that would summarize it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, um, being calm. I, I've, I've always, and my last team, I love them to death and I have the utmost respect for them. And um, I consider myself pretty good at hiring complimentary teams. And I think the more that you can trust your team um, to not just take off the workload, but lean into what they're really good at, it allows you to lean into you, the, the true reason that you became an entrepreneur in the first place. So um, definitely hiring for your weaknesses and then admitting that, right? And and not feeling like you have to put your stamp of approval on everything that gets sent out because you've empowered your team, the autonomy and ability to do so on their own. 
Mm, I like how you just shared that vulnerability because someone needed to hear that because sometimes you just have to own your own crap, be vulnerable and be like, hey, I'm not the one that has the answers to everything. That's why I'm creating a team so we could collaborate and do it together so we could all win. So I like you saying that and having that approach because I think it speaks volumes to you as a business owner, as well as the trajectory of where your company is going. Well, thank you. And as we begin to wind down in this segment, I want you to tell the listeners as well as the viewers once again who you are, how they can connect with you on social media and your information if they personally want to reach out to you. Yeah, of course. The easiest way is through our website. So it's pretty easy. It's just hefc.co. So hefc.co. And my email is hensley, H-E-N-S-L-E-Y. HEFC.co. Um, that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. I'm on Instagram and everything too, but um, the website is, is pretty, you know, client facing. So I, I recommend that. I'm also um, pretty married to LinkedIn these days. So find me on LinkedIn, ping me that way too. Awesome. <laughs> no, go ahead, Hensley. No, I was just going to say um, my role in this industry and, and what I do is, um, I've built a business that scales boutique fitness concepts through professionalizing the inner workings of their sales and marketing and hiring strategy um, and building it in a way that translates and makes sense to the business owner so that they can focus on the reason they opened a fitness studio in the first place. And if you could leave us with one call to action, also known as a CTA, what would it be? I would implore everyone, regardless of regardless of what industry you're in to implore how much interest you are missing because you don't have someone focused, someone, not just something, someone focused um, on, on turning that interest into clients or consumers or members or customers. I think across this industry, what I'm seeing and I know it's not just the fitness industry is there's so much interest um, that we're not even seeing as interest that people just negate uh, and it's, it's money that's being drained. So there, you really do require someone to be doing that full time. And if it's not you, you probably need someone if you do want to ultimately make that business profitable. Amazing. Oh, she's just Hensley's over here dropping gems, y'all. So I hope you really pull up and pop out and get these gems so you could thrive. And once again, you've just heard Hensley Ella Fritz on Texas Businesses on the Rise podcast. I'm your host, Genesis Amaris Kemp. And until we chat next time, signing out, please stand by Kensley. I mean, Hensley. <laughs> Thank you guys. And thanks for having me. My pleasure. Hey there, this is Tatiana. Thank you so much for listening to Texas Businesses on the Rise. If you are a successful entrepreneur who would like to be on this podcast, please visit highdigital.com slash podcast dash Texas slash apply. If you got something out of this interview, please share this episode on social media. You can also do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it. 
If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media and let them know about the show and include the hashtag Texas Businesses on the Rise. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, highdigital.com slash Dallas. Or follow me directly on LinkedIn and Instagram at Tatiana Chamorro. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you.